Welcome to episode two of the Strap It Down podcast. We're talking White Sox baseball. This is your host, Nikki Lags. I'm here with Zach Elder, also known as the Schwab, and our newest member joining us, Dave Pagone, aka Mush Mush. Welcome to the pod. What's up, my man? Good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for having me, Legs. <laughs> well, it's not a, it's not a one time thing. We'll be having you on a, on a weekly basis. Unfortunately, you couldn't make it last week, but we're happy to have you here to talk some White Sox baseball. We got a Excited great show. We got a great show. Some great segments. It's been tough to be it's been tough to be a White Sox fan this past week, but as you guys know, we try to kick it off with our PMA segment, positive mental attitude. So. Let's let's stay on the positive side. Let's do our best here. I know it's tough to do. Schwab, I'll pass it to you. G- give me some PMA outlook. Give me something that I could I could sleep well tonight on. So I think I think our positives come to us from uh, Charlotte. Lance Lynn made his uh, made his Charlotte debut a couple days ago uh, on Sunday. Went three innings on Sunday, no runs. And Eloy, who had a brief return and then you know had a little leg soreness. Also played last night. So the fact you got both of those guys back playing in Charlotte, hopefully they're back in Chicago soon. I think that's definitely uh, a positive for us right now. I, the fact that Aloy played a full game, I know he was DHing, but we didn't get the alert that he left the game in the fourth inning. So I like that. Mush, what, what do you got for me on the positive side of things? I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, they're fun to watch. There's a lot of explosive young talent out there. Um, but I think we can't give up hope. We got enough stamina and uh, some youth in our legs to really make a run in the back end. So that's my positive mentality right there. I, I like that. So here's where I'm at. We just, th- this past week, so today's June 2nd, it's Thursday. We just got swept by the Blue Jays. We had getaway today. Getaway day today. Positive. We're staying positive. Here, here's where I'm going to swing it. We get swept by the Blue Jays. How many games did we lose in the division? Zero, I believe. We lost zero games in the division because somehow the Twins went into Detroit. I think it was a five-game set. They had a doubleheader. The Twins just lost three straight to the Tigers. They yeah, today they got beat they up pretty had, good. They had. They had the lead three, two to one going into the A, two run bomb, top by the Tigers, bottom eight to win the game. So I'm sitting here thinking that the White Sox literally cannot play any worse. Although I said that last week, I think, and they continue to play worse. And we lost zero ground in the Central. Well, the Twins, the Twins played five with the Tigers, and they played I think a three or four games with the Royals. And then if they're not pulling away play those two i mean that definitely is a, a positive for the Sox. so and, and I, that's the thing go ahead mush i think at the end of the day you have to remember that we have the most talented lineup in the in the central i mean it, it's not clicking but the other teams are going to fade away i'm not really worried about that we just got to stay in arms reach very good point i think comparing lineups think from a lineup perspective white Sox versus twins Pretty comparable. Obviously, I got to give the edge to the White Sox. If we're talking starting rotations, to me, it's no question comparing. We we talked about this last week, Schwab, looking at the Twins' rotation versus the White Sox. I mean, to me, it's not even a debate. So Twins went Detroit, KC, Detroit, their last three series. 
And now who do they? Uh, this weekend, I think they go to Toronto. They go to Toronto next, yeah. So and, that's and great. Right now, they just Sonny Gray just went on the IL. Did he? Yeah, he went on the. I think he he hurt his pec. Uh, Ryan Ryan's on the COVID IL. I mean, they're totally just even with those guys. I think they have even somehow they're top ten in ERA in rotation. But without those guys, I mean, how do they? That's why I think it, the Sox just survive these next six games. I think we're going to Tampa, and then we got the Dodgers at home. If we just stay within five games here, we should start to roll, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you just, yeah, if you any- just stay in striking distance, right? Eloy and Lance should be back soon. Luis just came back yesterday. You know, we're, we're right there. We need some more bats to pick up, but Andrew Vaughn is – taken off and looks like a young star in the game right now so i think you just you need to you know just keep keep yourself within striking distance as you start getting some more bats back you hope that 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 allows you to take off pma andrew vaughn how about this past week from andrew vaughn dude he again i'm telling you right now he's making me look good i said his worst case scenario i said the floor was canerco and you looked at me like i was crazy <laughs> He's making me look good. That, is, that was a crazy statement, by the way. And I still think it's right. I mean, he's leading in, what, f- about four categories here? Tied with Abreu with leading RBIs. He's got six home runs. I mean, it, I think as the weather heats up, too, he's going to get going. I think that's a good point, Dave. I think, I mean, that's been one of the big things is that the Chicago weather specifically has been even more uncharacteris- uncharacteristically cold than normal, right? We've got a lot of guys. I mean, it's, there's no, it's no, you know, no, it's not hidden, right? We have a lot of Cuban guys in our lineup. We have a lot of guys who are from warmer climates. Typically, as that weather heats up, those guys play better. Jose plays better when it's warm out. Hopefully, as this weather continues to, you know, hopefully we turn the corner the next week or two and that allows the bats to start taking off. Right, and I think to bounce off of that point, Zach, you know, we got our younger guys like Gavin Sheets, Vaughn, Berger that are kind of carrying the load right now. And I think when those young superstars, Robert, Moncada, Eloy, start really heating up, it's gonna that pressure's going to come off of those other guys. And I think it's all going to come together nicely. Whether that's the plan for Tony in, in the upper management, I don't know. But like I said, you got to stay positive. So – Something you said there, Gavin Sheets. I think right now Gavin Sheets needs to be sent to Charlotte. I, I think we've seen enough of his at-bats. Right now, if we want to stay positive, let's go to the back of the bat, uh, baseball card theory. I mean, these guys got to start hitting, right? You, you can look at, I think there was a stat that I saw today if you looked at position players, position player war for the White Sox starting lineup today, and of course it was one of a one of forty nine, I think, for for Tony in his lineup card today. Five position players, I think it was, were below ranked a thousand in WAR in Major League Baseball. I think you had Grandal, you had Mancada, Leary, of course. I mean, he's obvious. Harrison. And I think McGuire actually has a decent war because he's a good fielder. But I think it was one other player. So at what point are these guys? Don't get me started on that guy. (laughs) At what point are these guys going to start hitting? 
that that's the big question, right? And you hope that as the I mean, I think we go back to what Dave said, right? You hope as you hope as the weather heats up, the bats come alive. And you hope that, you know, I mean, I think Rondal's been complaining about his legs, that he's a little hurt. Mancata's clearly banged up. You know, you got to hope that as we get some guys back, we're maybe able to give, you know, Yasmani a sit on the DL, on the DL and hopefully that get him off his feet for a week and he can come back a little stronger. But it, it's 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 hard right now. I mean, it's hard. Losing, you know, not having Timmy out there is, is a big catalyst to that offense. Yeah. So you're just, what's the timeline on Timmy? Take up. I don't think they've given us one yet. Tim's got a strain, straight groin. I think it was um, tier one or or whatever it's called, grade one strain groin. So hopefully he's had he's had history with that injury before. Hopefully it's about fifteen days and he's back. If it's more than fifteen days, uh, we're in a world of hurt. I, I think the team more than just losing his ability on the field. I think it, it was kind of a, a gut punch losing him to injury. I mean, he's the he's, kid of this, of this team. He's the leader of this team. This is this is Timmy's team. So we're staying positive. Sox, terrible stretch. We go to Toronto. We get swept. We don't lose any games in the division. We're, we're basically, I think, Schwab, when we were talking this time last week, we're, <laughs> we're getting slapped around by the Red Sox. And I think we were four and a half, five back at that point in time. We, we, we basically, from that time, we split with the flubs. We get swept in Toronto. We go four and five and literally lose no ground in the division. I mean, that, that actually feels pretty good, to be honest. I'm starting, I'm having a few drinks. I'm starting to feel better about the outlook because I was looking at the second half schedule this year. There's no team in baseball that have it, has an easier schedule in August. And I think it, all the things that you said, right? Weather is heating up. You got to hope that we get healthy and we stay healthy. I think I think thirty racks Lynn is going to start mowing people down. We hit August. We start dominating the the AL Central. I think we got the Royals. We got the Tigers multiple times. We start making up some ground and. Call me crazy to say this right now, but we win this division by at least five games. Absolutely. And for once in my lifetime, I'm not worried about the White Sox pitching staff. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing about it. And, you know, there's always going to be hot bats. But right now, we need to find a leader. Someone's got to step up in Timmy's absence. And we need a sense of urgency. That's the biggest issue. Because Abreu looks like he's about to to retire. Mancata wants to go to L.A. Mankata was seen at Tau till 3 a.m., by the way. I, like I said last I called this shit. I'm telling you guys right now, I called this shit. Mankata, he, he grounds out to second base, and he's limping back to the dugout. But you know where he's not limping? He's not limping back from the club. He's not limping back from Tau at 3 a.m. Yeah, I heard he's a big juice box guy. Yeah, well, Mankata better get his shit together because right now I think he's dead last. He's literally dead last in OPS for every qualified hitter in Major League Baseball with 68 bats. Okay, hold on, stick Mankata, to that topic real quick. What, when is Mankata's contract up? Because that's when he's going to go up, he's no, going to bat 500. <laughs> yeah, well, we got like five, six years for that because we signed him to a long term deal. So, nice all right, we're. I liked like the the positive talk there. We're gonna transition here. We got 
next segment on tap. So we talked about a little bit week recap. We had a split with the Cubs, went to Toronto, got our brains beaten in. This next week, what do you guys want to see out of the White Sox? We got we got three in Tampa. I think Tampa has been pretty hot since we played them last time. We took two out of three at uh, at the rate. They were struggling a bit. Now they're hitting their stride. Tampa, I, I don't know what they're drinking in the water in Tampa. They get every washed-up reliever, any pitcher that goes up out there, and they're throwing gas. So it's, every they're deep, re- man. It's, their every, lineup is deep. The lineup is... They're bats, yeah. The, if you can pair the bats... The, all right, very productive, absolutely. But if you can pair... Okay, we're we're not healthy right now, so hard to do right now. But when the Sox are healthy versus the Rays when they're healthy, if you compare lineups, it there's no question who has the better lineup. But if you look at who produces, I'm telling you, Tampa fundamentally. I, I, first off, I think they have the best manager in the game. I think Kevin Cash is the best manager in the game, and yeah. fundamentally, they they're the one of the best baseball teams in the league year in and year out. And they got the best reliever in the game who should be starting in Jalen Beeks. If they could just pop that guy into a starting role, they're going to be even more dangerous. You love you some Jalen Beeks. He's nasty, man. So Tampa is 5-5 five and five over the last 10 games. All right, so they're not that hot. But what's their record overall? Uh, their record overall? I think, they're, I think they're like eight games above 500. And last time we played – when we played them, so – we played them, I think it was like the third or fourth series of the year. They they were not playing good baseball at all. They couldn't score. It was a good time to catch them, but I think they've been playing much better baseball of late. They're 30, 30 and 21. 21. Yeah, 30 and 21. I mean, that's that's but typical. Look at that division. That division's solid, man, and, and Red Sox always make a which, late run. Which is even more credit to them, right? Right. They, they imagine if the White Sox were in the AL. If the White Sox were in the AL East right now, our season would be over. Well, thank God we're not. So here, here's our here's our three game matchup um, for the for the against the Rays. I think this sets up pretty well for us, right? Game one, we got Vince Velasquez on the hill taking on Shane McClanahan. That dude is a stud. I mean, yeah. he he is oh, yeah. he's dirty. I think he leads the league in strikeouts. If he doesn't, he's Absolutely. he's like top two. Right, so I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna throw out Vince, that's a game where we're gonna be hard pressed to win. But game two, we got Cease versus Rasmussen. Game three is G Lead over Yarborough. One of those games, you know, they might have an opener. And Yarborough, I don't know this year, but I know he's been a second guy a lot behind an opener. Um, I think he's been starting more often though. But like, Tron Cease out there, Tron Giolito out there. I think that gives us a good shot. You feel good about that. Uh, sure. Friday, you don't feel good about. You don't feel good about uh, Velasquez against the race. McClan- yeah, McClanahan, and we're on a after just getting manhandled in Toronto. So uh, you got to hope you steal a game somehow. Uh, Side note, Elder, when does when does Shane Baz come back? Because he's going to be lethal in that bullpen too. He's still on the DL. I think he's he's thrown again. I think either plan is to start him. So I think when he comes Absolutely. in, he'll probably go in the rotation. Um, but yeah, I mean he's he's gonna be a big boost for them. But he's not back yet. So 
So you know my thing with the Rays. If we pull up the Rays bullpen right now and you look at their ERAs, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Tampa is top ten in bullpen ERA. Yeah, because and each I, pitcher throws two innings each. I mean, yeah, and I, I guarantee you that nobody in the Rays bullpen is making what Joe Kelly's making right now. Here's the thing, though, with Tampa is, I mean, they are essentially the best run or they're they're the best run organization in baseball, right? They lose Andrew Friedman to the Dodgers, and Andrew Andrew Friedman is essentially trying to do Tampa Bay West just with a payroll of two hundred and fifty million. I mean that that organization is still. Why do you think the Dodgers are the best franchise? Maybe in the history. They have the best guy running an organization. Plus, they have they have the they have the top notch payroll. I mean, that's that's huge for them. (laughs) But the Rays are doing. You know, the Rays are still a top two, you know, top five team in baseball most of the time because that organization is so strong top to bottom. We're going to transition here. Next next segment, we're going to play the blame game. So now is the time. We, we talked a little PMA, positive outlook. On the flip side of things, the boys right now are 23 and 26. Arguably the biggest lock in the division or of any division going into the season, if you looked at the odds, I think we were probably probably the the best odds to, to win the division. And here we sit. I know injuries have a lot to do with it, but I I hate just blaming injuries off the bat, especially when you have such a shitty division like the AL Central. Schwab, play the blame game. Who do you got? I mean, the question is, like, where to start? And I think one of the, the big issues that I have with this, and, of course, you know, don't worry, I'm going to blame lots of people. But, like, when you're trying to figure out really who's to blame, I, do, I don't know who makes the decisions as far as roster construction, right? Is it Tony? Is it Kenny? Is it Rick? Like, I need to know who's making those decisions so that I can blame it properly. So I think from there, I got to blame Jerry, right? Jerry clearly came in there said, Rick, I have no interest in what you want to do. I'm hiring my boy Tony. And my guess is that Tony has more roster control and, and more input and personnel decisions than we probably than we would have thought. And let's you know go back to our whole Moneyball, Billy Bean stuff. Tony has more roster control than any manager should have. You think so? I think I would be shocked if he doesn't. I that mean, would like, be... I, if I'm if I'm Rick Hahn though, and Jerry obviously it was Jerry's decision to hire Tony, but if that also comes with the baggage that Tony has roster decisions, I'm fucking walking out the door if I'm Rick Hahn. Dude, so I agree with that, but at the same point in time, you have to realize how immensely hard it is to get that job. And like the thing with with Han right now is Han's almost protected. Where you can sit there, you know, if he leaves in two years, you can say, listen, man, I tra- I made the trade that got us uh, Moncada and Kopech. I made the trade that got us Eloy and Cease. I signed Luis. I had this thing going in the right direction. And then Tony came and fucked it all up. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you, you, you're you putting on Jerry. I'm putting on Jerry. Tony at the yeah. top. I mean, I think you have to, right? Like uh, no one is going to, no one else was signing Tony Larusa, and I don't think Rick Hahn was 
going to give it to La Russa. I don't think Kenny was going to give it to La Russa. I think that clearly was a Jerry decision. And yeah, it's hard that, to argue like, that. And you you got to go to the top of the house. Right. And you look at all the shit Tony's done this year, which we'll talk about in the next segment. But, like, I think a lot of it starts there, and a lot of, that's been what's screwed up so much of this. Mush, blame game. Who you got? Well, gentlemen, shit rolls downhill, meaning I'm not blaming Danny Mendick. Okay. <laughs> Let's be hey, honest. Like four guys Danny with a positive Mendick. war. Let's well, be honest. How, how did we leave Mendick out of the, the look back, by the way, with that tag on? But I don't anyway, know. I'm not sure. But I, let me tell you this. Go ahead, Mush. Da- I got Danny Engel on my fantasy roster. Danny Adam, Engel? Adam. Adam. Adam, Adam Engel. <laughs> Danny. Danny, Danny, Danny. For, for the old Mush. <laughs> okay. All right. So, hold on. Let's back it up real quick. Let's go back to the top here. It, every professional sport is a copycat league. The NFL. Everyone wants to be like Mahomes. Okay, we the MLB brings in these young coaches that are for, you know two, three, four years out of their you know their playing time. Guys that have great rap sheets, Hall of Famers, young young guys who have a young mentality that can keep a cohesive bond in the locker room, in the clubhouse. And the there's such a big gap between Tony Larusa's mentality and what needs to be taught in, in that presence. And it's just not there, man. And I, I, I hate to say this, but bring in Ozzy Gian. Bring in Ozzy Gian, man. I fucking love him, by the way. Ozzy Gian, he, he has a presence. He can handle the personalities in that dugout, in that clubhouse. And Tony La Russa's ship has sailed. I mean, just like it's a uh, hair dye job. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> He's Tony, by the way, 78 years old. Jerry Reinsdorf, I think, is 86. So we're essentially, our franchise is run by two individuals that are over 75 years old. I, not not that I'm, you know, attacking our elderly. I, I love our elderly, but come on, this is Major League Baseball. How it, you're, You have you're, to evolve. You have to evolve. And it's not just the players and mentality. It's the whole, it's the whole organization. And they're just not doing that. You're competing with the brightest minds. Basically... The smartest people in the United States that like sports are going to baseball because it's it's a one sport that relates to data, to analytics more than any other sport. And right, the Physical White Sox res- play difference. The, the, the White Sox response to that is Tony Larusa, age seventy eight, running the team. Tony, well, Tony- like, Larusa was progressive when he started. Right. right, he was the one. You know, he's kind of started the whole like designated closer stuff. But the game has the game has continued to evolve and he you know it's it would have been one it, thing he had been managing for the last five, six years. He wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So if the Bears went out and got Jimmy Johnson it was for the rebuild, how would you feel about it, Legs? No, I, exactly. That's a great analogy. It's 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 disturbing, quite frankly. But like why are we Guy that this guy was literally sitting in his retirement home. We we pulled him out of the retirement home to manage. Have you guys watched his press conference? Obviously, you have. Yeah. Every White Sox fan has watched his press conferences. 
If you want to bring them in, put put them in the front office. You know, let them call the shots from above, from a high level. He was a front office guy in Arizona. He was a special, special assistant, assistant to, to the, the special GM assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a favorite. It's like, just, just give him an office and ignore everything that he says. Give him a paycheck. I forget who said it on Twitter, but yeah. someone made a comment about Tony's press conference last night. They're like, you have this 78-year-old man doing a press conference. It's 11 o'clock at night. He just wants to go to bed. We need to stop the madness. Let so, the old man right. go to sleep. All right. Pause this conversation because we got a whole segment on Hall of Fame baseball decisions. I still have I have an opportunity to play the blame game. You guys, I, I can't disagree with you. I If I had first dibs, I'm, I'd probably go Tony if I had first dibs. Second dibs, I'd maybe go Jerry. I'm going to put it on... Yasmani Grandal right now. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't want to default to I, I didn't want to default to just the players because I think that'd be a, a weak response. I I I want to dig in a little bit on Yaz's performance because and I, I'm a huge fan of Yaz. When we signed him, I was super pumped. I love his approach at the plate because the guy can actually take a walk. I Schwab, we talked about this last week. His second half last year, he was the best. He was a top three hitter in baseball, no doubt. And this year, the guy, he looks complete. Not only, so very kind of similar stats to the first 30, 40 games of the season. And I don't, I don't get bothered by the 170, 160 batting average. I get bothered by the fact that not only is he doing that, he's not walking. He's actually striking out. He has the the lowest strikeout rate of his career, which I don't know what to think of that. I love lower strikeout rates, but it kind of makes me nervous where it's like, is he just like so out of sync now that he's trying to make contact? The, the guy looks completely lost behind the plate. I, I can't remember the last time I saw Yes throw somebody out on the bases. Reese McGuire is very clearly a better defender. He's a better... I, I don't know what the statistics say on framing. Here's the statistic, Yaz. Legs. Yaz has been in the league for 11 years as a catcher. His ship has sailed. You got to put him at a DH? Want to no, put him no, in no, a, no. as a specialty? He, he, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's he is the most, with the exception of Mankata, I'll give him a pass because he hasn't had that many at-bats. Yaz is the most underperforming, underperforming player on the White Sox right now. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Oh, I think that's. I, I mean, I think it's true. I think it's definitely Yaz is the one who is taking the biggest, or is you know is showing the most age or regression or however you want to term it. Right? He definitely is the guy who's probably had the weakest um, or the biggest change from what he's done to what was expected. And I guarantee you, if you put him at the DH spot and take him out of catching, his batting average jumps hundred points. Dude, we, just because we, it would be refreshed. We've been doing that though. I don't. He, Reese McGuire has started more games behind the plate than uh, Grandal. Yeah, so it's not a it's not a question of he's getting too many innings behind the plate. He's wearing down. It's a question of he's out of sync right now. Is he gonna find where he was? And I like the aging thing. I get these guys hit a cliff and all that, but dude, we're talking about. Nine months ago, maybe ten months ago, 
the guy was a top three hitter in the league. You, you, you don't go from a top three hitter in the league to all of a sudden you're in the bottom 10. So I, I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm I'm done feeling sorry for his slump. And dude, get your shit together. Let's go. You you are a catalyst for this team. You need to take walks and get on base. Mankata needs to take walks and get on base. Those two lefties, Sheets, whatever. I think we need to send Sheets down. From a lefties, a lefty hitter perspective, and we'll get to this in the next segment with Tony. We are historically bad. We are the worst team in the history of Major League Baseball with left-handed hitters against right-handed pitchers. It's it's bad. I mean, that's like, you know, that was the funny thing today where Tony decided he was going to stack the lineup with lefties. Where it's like, great. And it, you know, it did okay, but like our left-handed bats have just been so disappointing this year. Now, Grandal apparently has been talking to the media about injuries and, you know, how that's been a problem. So I think he, he may hurt? need a that's what he's saying. He's saying he's his legs really? his, his legs are beat up. That. Yeah. Patrick Nolan uh on Twitter reported that or had saw that tweet that out today. Um, you know, saying that maybe it's time to put him on the DL and bring up uh, uh who's the Perez? Perez? Yeah. Yeah, Perez has Perez been up. dominating, but He's been so that, that kind of pisses me off because it feels like a little bit of a cop out for for Yaz. Let me ask you a question: um, Has Yaz ever been expected to be a top four hitter on any of his teams in his career? Because last year he was the seventh and eighth best hitter on our squad. I mean, the pressure's off. I now think he's got Yaz. Well. So I think him being – he wasn't the seventh or eighth best hitter last year. He was a top three hitter on the team last year. I don't no, think – overall, yeah. I'm talking about just like on a day-to-day plan, order. I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think the plan is for him to be top three. But what I'll say is he's paid to be the top three. He's um, – Yasmani Grandel is the highest paid free agent in White Sox baseball history. Okay, side note. Do you know what the average catcher batting average is this year? It's like two twenty across the league. I mean, look at I, 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 I don't Sanchez, care. I, but... I, I don't care about batting average. I care about OPS plus. What's his OPS plus? It's I think it's it's probably out of catchers qualified catchers. What is it? Out of qual- qualified catchers, he's probably. In the tenth percentile, he, he's probably he's probably last. To be honest, he's down there. But let me tell you this: if I was a Yaz fan like you, legs, I would I would probably blame it on pitch comp. Be like, he's too distracted pressing buttons in between pitches. <laughs> hey, we have a little little breaking news here. Uh, Davis Martin is going to be joining the White Sox in Tampa this weekend. Hey, okay. Uh, there we go. I, don't, I mean, is it good news or bad news? Who's I mean, positive? Positive. I hope, I hope if he's starting tomorrow, I think it's good. For uh, he can coach. Let him coach. Yep. But who whose spot is he taking? Somebody had to go on the IL. Jimmy. Jimmy will get sent back down. No, but Jimmy was taking Cease's spot. Jimmy's activated back in the States. Good point. So who came up for Graveman? It Jimmy and Crick, Crick. Crick did. So Crick probably so has Jimmy Crick, Crick actually pitched well. So somebody has to go down. Somebody. Oh, it was probably Banks. I bet 
I bet you it was, it was Benny's. Yeah. But, okay, I, I like Davis Martin. I'd like to see what he's got. I, They're hyping I think him up we pretty got, good. I think we got a pretty decent rotation. I, so, all right, we're going we're gonna to move on. We got spent a lot of time on Tony. I want to spend more time on Tony. He's the most polarizing figure on the White Sox, 100%. He's the most polarizing figure in Chicago sports. Hall of Fame baseball person decisions. Tony Lagrusa. Who wants to kick us off? Schwabi? I know yeah. you've been waiting yeah. a week for this. Yep. So we have uh we've played what, forty nine games? Forty nine games. Twenty three and twenty six, forty nine. You, you know how many uh lineups we've had how many different lineups we've had in forty nine games? I know the answer. Forty nine. Forty nine games, forty nine different lineups. Let's uh, let's. I've got, on, I've got a couple. On, my... hold on, hold on. Okay, so I've heard I've heard some theories that he's trying to get everybody playing time because <laughs> he knows the division's going to stay close. What then... is this wildcat? Is this wildcat baseball? Listen, listen Stop slow it, it down, legs. You're, Stop right, it. You're, you're speeding. No, in all honesty, <laughs> here's in all honesty, like these guys are going to come together mid season. And we got hot too early last year, and we died out. It was so Tony's giving everybody so, reps. So we're going to intentionally Tony, try to be Tony's bad so that we, we hit peaks. We are going to be so bad for the first four months of the season that we're going to get so hot that we're going to oh. just stay on the gas. And we're gonna no, just going to chill in the back seat for a little while. Let the other guy <laughs> drive for a little bit. All right. Listen, don't hate right. on the Italian coach. All right. Well, I, I, got, I, got, I got lineup thoughts, right? So, first game against the Cubs. Who's in our two-hole? Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison. Josh Her- guy I mean, like, that was almost as bad as like when we batted Lurie in the three-hole. Josh, but- Harrison, uh, Josh Harrison should not be on the team. Jimmy Rollins right. want to be. I mean, last week we, we had this talk. I, you asked who should be the second baseman, and I said Yolbert. Yeah. And instead, Lurie. he's batting Harrison in the two-hole. All right. Yeah. Cubs game two, not a whole lot of issues with that lineup. It worked. Whatever. We'll go on. All right, Timmy goes down. Obviously not great for us. So we have Timmy down, second game of the Cubs. So first game without Timmy, we got Toronto game one. Who's been in the leadoff? Yasmani Grandal. Right. Why? Interesting. Right. Then, I actually, okay, so he got beat up on the Yaz. I didn't hate it. I mean, I understand. I tried to oh, break I, it out that long. No, I, I get that. Okay. I I would have, if he did that last year, I would have been like, Fuck yeah. Yes in the leadoff spot. The guy's OBP was like 450. This year, he's literally the worst hitter in baseball. Same thing with Yo. He did the same shit with Yo today. Yo was batting three. The guy hasn't gotten a hit in a month. Dude, don't put him third in the lineup where he's inevitably going to come up in a huge spot in the game. So we got the, the, you know, we got the Yaz thing. Interesting thought. Then he just decided to flip Berger and Abreu. Now, I, I think Abreu should be ahead of Berger in the lineup. But the day before, you went Berger 3, Abreu 4, and Berger hits the game-winning RBI. And then the next day, you just flip it. I don't understand why, if that was your thought, what changed from Sunday to – or from yeah, from Sunday to Tuesday? No, I like that. I, right? I mean, like, I get point. it. I'm good with that, but I just don't understand why we make these – Drastic changes. It's very clear to me that 
there's just there's no reason. It's just because he's he's Tony Larissa, and this is he he knows more than everybody else. Right. So we got those. Then we've got Polikoff getting his second day off in a second game off in a row, but zero games in three days. Two games in three days, and he hasn't played in both of them. You, you, AJ, you can't. You, you can't play. Sorry, I interrupted you, but you can't play Gavin Sheets more than AJ Pollock. You, you right. just can't do. I, I don't give a shit who's pitching. I don't care. I, okay, I texted you guys today. Tony, somehow, the line. So he DH Reese McGuire. Reese McGuire. <laughs> oh, I'm getting there. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I all right. I, and then game one against Toronto, we finally activate Luis from the COVID list, and we don't start him. If we're going to activate him, start him. If you're not going to activate him, or if you're not going to start him, don't activate him. Activate him the next day. All right. I digress. Toronto yeah, game two. You think it has to be before you get to game two? Is there anything worse than seeing? Luis Robert high fiving guys after they score runs and then in the ninth inning down a run, Gavin Sheets at the bat and Luis Roberts just chilling in the dugout. It's not not a not a good look for Tony. So <laughs> game two of Toronto, right? Listen, if you if you thought the best way to get Yasmani out of his slump was to hit him lead off and you wanted to commit to that for two or three days, I could be okay with that. But you know who better lead off game two for Toronto against Toronto? AJ Pollock, the guy who hadn't played in three days. All right, so now you know what you did with Luis and uh, with Luis and Abreu this day. Abreu stayed in the three hole. Luis been in the four hole. How have they done it all year when they both played? Luis has been in the three hole. Abreu's been in the four hole. Why do you switch that? Good question. <laughs> Biggest problem here: you get Luis on behind Abreu, and now Luis can't run. So I, again, makes no sense to me. And then my favorite that I thought was going to end, but no, apparently you'll hear it up with game three. Reese McGuire, after Toronto game two, had now had three consecutive starts. Reese McGuire. So we get to today's game, game three. You think it can't get any worse, but this one is a doozy. Order today. Lurie in the one hole. Now Luis is banging two after banging four the day before. Yohan's banging three after being off for a week. Abreu's in the four hole after being three for the last two games. Gavin is in the lineup at five. Our leadoff hitter two days ago is now banging six. Our best hitter, Andrew Vaughn, is in the seven hole because he's a right-handed batter. And my guy, Reese, getting his fourth consecutive start, batting eighth and DHing with my guy, Josh, who four games ago was in the two hole. Like, I don't know what this is was going on. This is the lineup. This is when you run out of ideas and you're just throwing things against the wall. Like, Marty Abazician, I'm pretty sure, used to draw a lineup out of the hat once a year where he put everyone's name in that hat. He'd pull them out, and he'd be like, all right, you're batting first today. That's what he's doing. He's doing J.A. baseball last game of the season when you're out of the playoffs. He's baseball. It's, he's playing little league baseball. Like, explain to me why Lurie's batting one. Why is Yohan in the three-hole? Why are we moving no Abreu up and down between three and four every other day? Why is Gavin still playing? Yaz was lead off two days ago. Now he's in the six hole. Vaughn's your best hitter. He's batting seventh because he's a righty, and and we've got Reese with his fourth star in the row because you can't sit a Reese McGuire when he's on a hot streak, apparently. So you know I can do that because he's a Hall of Fame baseball person. Damn straight he is, and he'll tell you about it when he gets pulled over. So I, I – 
I'm with you, Schwab, 100%. What I get aggravated about, it's not necessarily the fact that it's a different lineup every day. It's the fact that there's no reasoning. The reasoning doesn't make sense. It's just, it's illogical. Like, if you could give me, like, a legitimate reason why you're doing what you're doing, fine. All right, I could get on board. But the small things like the burger and a Abreu swap, like, what, I, it doesn't make sense because you just, why is this different than two days before? So I was thinking about the 49 lineups in 49 days, and I can't get over if, what I can't get over is the first series of the year, right? So, like, in the first series, say you have a three-game series, you're facing, you have to either be facing a, either two righties and a lefty, three righties, or two lefties and a righty, right? So the, in that situation, how is, say you go righty, lefty, righty, you're, the, the pitchers that you're facing, how is game one and game three, assuming you have no injuries between that time, how is that lineup not the same? In, I mean, in, the, I get... in the first three games of the season, I mean, like that kinda, had, like... the, the lineup has to be this. Like, all right, so say even a different example. Say it's righty righty, and maybe this is one that was not the case for the White Sox. But it's if it's righty righty for the first two games of the season, you have to play the same lineup, right? Like, how do you explain that it's not the same lineup? I mean, I think it's what Dave's saying, like trying to get people in the game, trying to get people in. In the first know, three keep... games of the fucking year, though? Like, I, how? I, I don't, it doesn't make sense. The, the AL Central, there's no other team with any any kind of sustainability for the longevity of the season. And they expanded the playoff, the playoff teams this year, right? There's yeah, an additional. It's, it, yeah, it's an additional wildcard team, yeah. Right. So, I mean,. I really feel like they're slow playing it and, and they're just trying to keep their head above water because they're going to get hot like they did last year and they just died out. I, I just, I, I don't want to, Tony LaRusso is, is, he's got a phenomenal resume, Hall of Famer, we know that. But at the same time, there's got to be a method to his madness, really. I mean, if not, then we're all idiots. So you don't hate, you don't hate what he's doing right now? No, I, I really don't hate what he's doing. I think we're, we're, we've caught some bad breaks with some injuries. I, I blame Tony LaRusso for the lack of leadership in the clubhouse. I don't see – he holds no relevance to any of our players. He, he's not a leader. He's an old-school guy. I mean, there's there's got to be a bond. There's got to be some enthusiasm from coming from the coaching standpoint. I mean – I might as well put the blame on Ethan Katz as much as anything because I'd like to see Raylo Ronaldo Lopez get in there and, and let him start a few times. He's coming up out of nowhere this year. Yeah, he's 28, but, I mean, we've seen guys click later in their career. You know, I, I think we need to get the, the starting rotation interchanged a little bit too. And I feel like if we're not going to make any deals this year, you know, we got to really let these guys just, just kind of ease into it and get hot and, and – the AL Central legs is is shot. There's yeah, not I, enough it's talents. it's bad. It's bad for sure. I think Jose Ramirez is he going to win the whole thing for the AL Central? I don't think so. Well, he's knocked in more runs than the White Sox have combined. Jose Ramirez yeah, is you know he's hot and cold too. He's he's 
one of the best players in baseball. I think so. I hope you're right. I I hope <laughs> I hope there's a method to the madness. I think you're wrong. Of um, course, why would I expect anything different? <laughs> I it, Tony to me, if if maybe if Tony was twenty years younger, I would believe more in what he's doing. I just I'm I'm also not a believer in just giving all these players all this rest. I was complaining about it last week. I I compared I compared Kopech to Rodon season last year, and what happened this past week only cements my previous belief. So we gave Kopech ten days of rest to pitch his last game against Toronto. Yeah, okay. Let me let me finish my thought. So we gave him ten games rest. Kopech had literally, like, you look at any the advanced statistics, he was the best pitcher in baseball. He looked so out of sorts this last this last start that he had, and I think to me it's obvious. Like, how how do you get in a rhythm after giving somebody ten days off? So if if we're gonna do this bullshit, uh, we'll you know we'll give Kopech ten days off after every three starts or whatever shit we want to do. Just put him on. Just just get it over with. Put him on the IL and bring him back in August, so we could have him for October. I, I, nothing aggravates me more than babying these guys. Like it, we do it with Mankata. It's like oh Tony is like oh you know his his legs are barking. You know Mankata's legs are barking after he he runs out a ground ball. I, I'm tired of it. These guys are okay. in their 20s, dude. Play them every day. Cal Ripken would be so disgusted. Like, literally, like, Cal Ripken, he's probably popping open a newspaper. If, if Cal Ripken had the Chicago Tribune and he looked at the White Sox box score every day, that man would be so disgusted with Tony's lineups and how many days off that we're giving these players. It literally, it's like... Guys, why do you why do you think nobody could get in a rhythm? It's because we have forty nine lineups in forty nine days, in forty nine games. I mean, give me give me a break. So, all right, enough about Tony. We we, we got to move on. But I, I can well, talk about me, Tony. Let me say one thing. Let me all say right. one thing. Fin- finish your okay. thought. You spend f- half a decade rebuilding and bringing in all this raw talent, going out and get the best international players, game changers, someone like Robert, the next Mike Trout. And then you go and bring a manager in who can't even speak Spanish. He does I mean, speak Spanish. On. Yeah, he does. Tony, that's, that was one of the things. That was one of the, that, that was one of uh, the reasons they wanted to bring him in, I thought. Yeah, I speak Spanish too. I got the translator app on my phone. Come on, let's be honest with each other here. <laughs> all right, all right. Last segment here. We got we got ten minutes left. Let's get pickled. Segment on anything that you guys want to talk about. What's on your mind? I'll mush. I'm going to start with you. You bring up a topic. Schwab and I will respond on your thoughts. Let's go. I'll send it to your one. Way. All right. I'm going to drop a uh, drop a name here. Robbie Cano, free agent as of today. You think the Sox should sign him? I think they need that that presence. I think he comes from the Yanks, comes from the Mets. He's got a resume, Hall of Famer, no doubt. Yeah, you know what? Put the guy at DH. 
but he's the guy who's going to straighten everything out because you know what? I don't think Abreu's that guy, and I think he's uh, – that's a conversation for another day. But you got Robbie Cano out there. Let's go. Let's be proactive. Let's try to fill some holes, and let's make some moves. Why not? So you you think Robbie Cano will be that guy but not Jose Abreu, is, if I'm hearing you correct. No. What I'm saying is, is Robbie Cano is a leader, and he's got the resume to come into a clubhouse and make an immediate impact. Maybe not on the field. But I'm talking about the little things with these young guys. Let him let him deal with Yon Mancada's bullshit because Yon Mancada doesn't want to play when it's fucking cold out, and that's the problem. He's too busy ch- chasing broads around uh, River <laughs> at North at drinking yeah. chimichangas, man. I mean, come on. Schwab, you want this one? <laughs> so Cano had the suspended for 80 last year for PEDs. Am I correct? It's a um, no full season, I think. Full season. So he spent a full season last year. It sounds uh, like a pretty good leadership for for PEDs. Uh, Started the year off with the Mets, got cut. Padres signed him, got cut again with the Padres. I mean, like, if Cano can still play second base, I find it hard to believe he would be significantly worse than Harrison. So, I mean, sure. Uh, I think there's a chance they do sign him just because it seems like a very Sox s move. You know, Kenny always gets his guy. His guy just happens to be 40 when he gets him. So it wouldn't shock me. Um, but I don't know. If, I don't. I don't think Cano is the guy who's gonna who's gonna change change the season all that much. Um, you know, he's been much. with two teams already and got cut from both. Much. The answer is no. He stinks. I'm talking about stinks with a capital S. Okay. Right, the fine, leadership, what leadership? The guy's been cut for the last three franchises that he's played for. He stinks. DFAing need- Harrison for Robbie Cano will solve zero problems. The answer, I, I'm not necessarily Niger, sure. Niger Niger answer. The option that you take is bringing up either Yolbert or Lennon and rolling with those guys. Harrison stinks. Larry Garcia was the worst signing of the offseason, easily. Robbie Cano is not the answer. I'm telling you right now, the guy, look, the, he, he played 12 games, I think, for the Padres, maybe one or two hits. Uh, but why are we, it, you're going to DFA Harrison for another washed-up vet? We're, we're, not bringing, we're not bringing back Ken Griffey Jr. Too, to join the party. It's not happening. Well, Manny Ramirez. Who else? Main guy. We did it with Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. All right. Let's get pickled. Schwabi, what do you got for me? We've gone this whole talk or this whole show, and we haven't brought up the fact that my boy Dallas finally got some packing. I can't tell you how happy I was. It was a, it was a great day for the franchise. Um, fortunately, you know, we can't have good things. Timmy got hurt the next day. Um, but, you know, them getting rid of Dallas, I think, is, is a big step. And it's, you know, and I think it, I think it means something because the thought is always, you know, that Jerry, the money in Jerry is always an always a talking point, right? And to cut a guy who's making what are you making sixteen mil, seventeen mil? I mean, that's a that's a shows a little bit shows some commitment to trying to do things to improve the team. You got to hope you had no choice. Spot. You had right. no choice. Dallas Keuchel, we, we talked about it last week, guys. We were watching it. We were it, it was live in action. Dallas Keuchel, first two innings, I think he gave up six or seven. I said it was a blessing in disguise when it happened because I I just knew 
you you couldn't watch that game and say like I gotta uh, let's give him another chance because right. the guy was so washed up. It's so clear the guy's throwing eighty seven, eighty eight. He's nibbling on the corners. You can't have a stat line in the majors of two strikeouts and four walks, three strikes out, <laughs> three strikeouts, six walks. It's just not going to work, especially when you're stuffed later in your career like Dallas Keuchel. So I like it, Schwab. Kudos to the White Sox for finally stepping up. What I'll say is Josh Harrison is next. I, I'm, not impre- I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed by that move because I think – there's more to be done, and that that forces Rick to own up to another mistake, which is Josh Harrison. And frankly, it should be Larry Garcia, but for some reason, we gave Larry Garcia seventeen million over three years, which that's too much to swallow, and that's too much to admit it was such a terrible deal. So I don't see that happening. But Josh Harrison was a one-year deal; he needs to be next. I can't, I can't watch him go over four again. Well, especially with all the with all the internal options for Harrison. Right. That so if you look at the minor league system, all the 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 quality younger players are up the middle. So what what are we doing? Do, don't you need that to spice it up a little bit? So yeah. all right. I, I I'm going to go with my let's get pickled and I'm going to I'm going to throw this on the table. When I, uh, I I watch every game to the extent I can. If it's during the day, it's harder to to watch, obviously, because we got to work. All I need to do at the end of the day to see if the White Sox had a chance at winning is I look at one stat and one stat only. Schwab, what's that stat? Walks. Thank you. That's all I do. I look at I look at one category. It's the base on balls. I think the Sox are dead last in taking walks in the league by far. And I think we're top five in giving walks as a pitching staff. It's a simple game. You learn it as a little league baseball player. All you need to do is throw strikes. Here's Let's go all the way back to the PMA section. This is why I have a little hope for the White Sox. Last year, we were, I think, top five team. I don't know if we were top five in walks, but we were we were we were a top team in in on base percentage. I don't know if I know what happened. It's guys like Mankata and Grandal, but those guys are established, so you hope that it could turn around a little bit. But this team's not doing anything until we turn that problem around. Because I'll tell you right now, if we finish the year dead last in walks, this team's not making the playoffs. So, real quick, we are we take the least amount of walks per game of all teams offensively, and we are third in walks by a pitching staff behind only the Washington Nationals and Cincinnati Reds. Not where you want to be. No. How does that – I don't can – you, can you pull up last year what those same exact stats were? <clears throat> what, what you said <coughs> – excuse me – that literally – Everything that I see agrees exactly with those because it's crazy. I, I watched the game. Like, no, think about it. It's it's so painfully obvious why we can't score runs. It's hard to get a hit in Major League Baseball this year more than any other year with the dead ball. 
So what makes it easier to score runs? Well, if you're getting a hit 25% of the time and you so happen to have a, a guy on base because you walked, well, 25% of the time you have a chance to knock that guy in. It's not rocket science at all. Literally, so, you you found it? You found last it year, we were fifth offensively in walks. And pitching-wise, uh, I, yeah, I, we, were, we were bad last year. We, were, we walked the second most – or I'm sorry, that's this year. Uh, last year, second most. tenth. We, we oh, were tenth best in I, walks. Tenth best. So that's best in walks uh, by pitching staff last year. Pretty good. And that's I think we seven. were first. I think we were first in strikeouts. Yeah. So going from going from fifth and what did I say twelfth to twenty eighth and thirtieth. Not good. Not good. It's a there's it's a very easy correlation. Very easy so correlation. We were third in strikeouts last year. And no. Oh, strikeouts. Strikeout. Oh, yeah. Pitching, pitching last year we were third in strikeouts, and this year we're sitting what? Are no, you talking about as a pitching staff? Yeah, as a whole. No, I'm sorry. We're we're 25th this year in strikeouts, and last year we were third total. Strikeouts. As a as a pitching staff? Correct. That surprises me that we're that down that low. I would have thought we were higher, especially with Cease being yeah. And Kopech, I'm well. Kopech actually is K's per nine aren't great, but Giolito strikes out a good amount. But, but yeah, you got, I guess you, you got flamethrowers like Dallas yeah. and, and Vince. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, you have to factor in Lynn and Giolito having pitching this year either. Yeah, yeah. All right, good point. All right, well, last segment of the night, we're gonna learn a little bit more about our hosts. Mush, tell me why are you a White Sox fan? You grew up on the North Side. I, I don't. I you never even told me why. Well, I don't know. Maybe I just don't like Cubs fans. No, um, <laughs> I don't know. So my dad grew up on uh, Grand and Ogden, over by the United Center, right around the corner from Aberdeen Tap and Twisted Spoke. Um, so I think it brought in a little uh, White Sox to my bloodlines earlier in the year or in my years. Um, and then actually fun fact, which I don't know if you know this, my, uh, my family ties to the White Sox. My uncle Dave caught for the White Sox in 19, in the 1950s, which is where I got my name. And, uh, he gave me my first catcher's glove. So I like it. Nice. All right. Schwabby. You know, honestly, I don't like remember a specific date. I know my dad had a friend who worked like the scoreboard during Sox games. So we used to go to Sox games and I ended up getting my name on the board um, like every time I went to a game. So I think it was one of those where, you know, it was easier to get tickets. Um, We might have got tickets from him or through him. And then you were going there and as a little kid and you got your name on the scoreboard. It's pretty cool. And it just kind of has always been, you know, I've always, I don't remember not being a Sox fan. Like I remember, uh, Going to going with a buddy for his birthday party. We're sitting in the rooftops during a Cubs Sox game, and Caruso hits the walk off. And I'm the only Sox Mark, fan. Mark Caruso. Mike Caruso, the shortstop. Mike Caruso. Oh my god. Mike Caruso. It's a. It's a. I think, it's, I think it was a walk off, or it was a, a game winner in you know the ninth. Um, and I'm the only Sox fan there. 
So I don't remember ever being anything other than, but you know, I think that's kind of where where the Sox fandom came from on my side. So on on my end, a very similar story, family ties. Grandpa was was a huge diehard Sox fan. I think he grew up going to all the games. Just passed on from the family and to be honest, like thinking about my childhood going to all the games with you guys couldn't have had a better time. I mean, I remember the days we have some stories, but just for all the listeners out there. So my family season tickets, I think it's the third row behind the dugout. And I, I witnessed one game mush. <laughs> I think this was when we, we were maybe high school or college. I witnessed this guy. He must've stole six balls from <laughs> kids under the age of eight. Because every time, (laughs) so every time that the third out would be made by the White Sox, Paulie K, it even, I mean, it actually started with Ozzy. Ozzy started the tradition of throwing the ball out to the crowd after the third out. But when we were growing up, it was always Paulie K. And Paulie K, even if he didn't make the last out, somebody would throw him a ball and he'd throw it out to the stands. And... (laughs) Paulie K would go left and Mush somehow would be left. Paulie K would throw right, Mush somehow would be right. And it would just legitimately be right in front of some six-year-old kid who he'd snag, but don't worry, Mush would always give the kid the ball at the end. Yes, I made sure to give the kid the ball with the hottest mom. (laughs) That's how I did it. Yeah, Yeah. some cougar looking for Mush when we were 20 years old, of course. Um, So that... (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. Episode 2 of the Strap It Down podcast, Talking White Sox Baseball. First podcast with the full crew. We got myself, Nikki Legs. We got Zach the Schwab Elder. Dave Pagone, also known as Mush. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be back. Hopefully, hopefully, we get some wins. We got a tough stretch coming up, but... I'm optimistic, like I said before. We didn't lose any ground. Hopefully when we talk next week, we'll be a little closer than five games. But thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. See ya.